Hello, and thank you for listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. I'm your host, Jimmy Pycrust, and I'm so glad to have you listening today. On today's show, we have an installment of Better Call Paul, followed by a special guest appearance by Harry Lachat on the Old Fashioned Cooking Show. On Community Beat, we get to learn about Postcrossing, a global postcard exchange website. It's time for me to go because my Pop-Tarts are ready. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Supportive. Supportive. Regenerative. Regenerative. Elevating. Elevating. Introducing the all-new line of luxury scaffolding from the designer Robert Cheerful. I'm Anna from Post Crossing, and you're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. It's time for Better Call Paul, the DIY and relationships expert you can trust. Hi, folks. Who do we have calling today? Today, we have Howard McNeil calling for advice relating to vacuums. Hello, Howard. Nice to have you on the show. How can I help you? Well, my wife's birthday is coming up, and I wanted to give a special gift that will both be nice for her and be a useful item for us. The other day, she was aggravated because the vacuum cleaner broke again. So I was thinking about getting a new one. Do you have advice for what kind I should get? Well, Howard, that's very kind of you. But Getting a vacuum cleaner as a gift is a very common mistake. Uh, A mistake? Everyone is different, of course, but a vacuum cleaner is usually considered a symbol of household work. It's very common that people who receive a vacuum cleaner as a birthday gift may also receive the message that you expect them to be doing all of the house chores, too. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought of that. I just wanted to let her know I was listening. Maybe the vacuum cleaner is something you buy together at a more neutral time. What are some other things she likes to do around the house? Well, she really likes cooking and baking. The other day, she made these really unusual chocolate chip cookies. and They were delicious. They were kind of flat and had this caramel ring around them. Oh, man, they were really tasty. Sounds like the salted chocolate chunk shortbread cookies from the cookbook Dining In by Allison Roman, published by Clarkson Potter Publishing in 2017. It was made famous after the recipe went viral in the New York Times. Oh, um, okay. Well, that sounds right, I guess. It sounds like baking might be a hobby that she enjoys, as opposed to cleaning, which sounds like a chore. Yeah, that's a good point. I bet she would really like a stand mixer or something like that. That sounds like an excellent idea, Howard. Thank you, Howard, for calling in. Jollyville deserves a mayor who will listen and won't expect you to do all the dirty work. That's why you should vote for me, Paul Fredrickson, for mayor of Jollyville. Paul Fredrickson for mayor. 
Because I believe in doing the right thing. This message was paid for by the Paul and John Fredrickson Foundation. Jollyville Radio sends a shout out to Oakland, New Jersey. Population 3,964. How y'all doing? Hi, we're all Antonio and, and his imaginary, imaginary friends. friends. And you're listening to Jollyville Radio, KJVR. Well, hello, hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Miss Kitty's Old Fashioned Cooking Show. Now, today we have a special episode because I I have a guest in the kitchen. Yes, that's right. Harry Lachan is here to help me with today's recipe. Bonjour, Kitty, and bonjour, KGVR listeners. Oh, Hera, this is such a treat. I'm all a Twitter. I'm so excited to have you as a guest today. Well, I even went up to the attic and dust off my old high school French dictionary, so I'm prepared to do some real parlay vooing with you today. Harry, I invited you here because I discovered we have something in common. That's a love for the original Southern treat, the Sandy Cookie. Listeners, a sandy is a shortbread cookie that's lightly packed together and sometimes includes bacon, chocolate, or caramel. Or bugs. Oh, (laughs) you're going to have to teach me some of that French sometime. (laughs) For our ingredients, you're going to need four cups of flour, two cups of butter, a cup of powdered sugar, now some of y'all call that confectionery, dash of water, and a dash of vanilla. Heat your oven now 300 degrees Fahrenheit. That's correct. Now, listeners, these cookies can be made the traditional way, but I prefer a cookie with substance. I like them with a little extra crunch. I also like to feel good knowing they are good for the planet. Oh. So if I make it, I recommend my cicada sandies. They are the same recipe, but they use cicada flour. What? What? Harry, you're such a naughty boy. This is like grasshopper ice cream, right? Certainly there are no real grasshoppers in it. Au contraire, mes amis. I mean, real cicadas. I like using green brand cicada flour. And because I believe that the cicada should not be harmed in the production of this flour, I recommend finding a flour that is 100% ARD. Harry, ARD? What's ARD? Already dead. See, this flour is cruelty-free, made with cicadas that were already dead. In Paris, we call this tout prémont. The process is very simple. Cream the butter and sugar until it is fluffy. Next, add your cicada flour and everything else. It should be dense but smooth. Kitty, can you hand me the scoop? Uh, yes, here you go. Now, Harry, this is, what are you doing? This? I, I declare, pourquoi, Harry, pourquoi? I'm glad you asked, but before I answer, listeners, scoop a one-inch ball of dough onto a cookie sheet. For presentation, I like to press a whole cicada on top of the cookie. You can find these on a hike or in your backyard. I like to let them dry out under the sun for about a day. Yum! Oh! That's good. 
fill your sheet and then bake for 25 minutes. Now back to your question, Kitty. I was in the woods tracking a few flachillas and I was thinking, there are so many cicadas right now, Harry. Like, so many. And then I would find a bunch of crunchy ones and I had been in the woods for a few days and I thought, eh, what the heck? And I ate one. It's very resourceful. Resourceful? Oh, shoot, we have a caller. Bolger, or rather, I should say, hello, call on with Miss Kittle. Uh, hey, this is a Sherwood Barrington. And what's on your mind today, Dan? I heard cicadas have a, a ton of protein, and I, I want to get swole. Uh, would you recommend this for a, a, a pre-workout snack? Oh, we oui, absolutely. Oh, my Lord in heaven, I don't even want to think about that. Next caller, please. Hi, my name is Tony Greenbelt, longtime listener, first-time caller. I've been experimenting with foraging and using sustainable food options in an effort to heal our Mother Earth. These cookies really resonate with my soul, especially since I'm trying to boycott anything mass-produced or prepackaged. How many cicadas would I need to harvest to make my own flour? Harvest? Uh, I guess a whole mess of them. Wait, I, I have a question for you. If you want to make these cookies, where do you get your sugar, butter, and vanilla them? Oh, my commune has a goat farm for dairy. We make our own honey, and I use Ponderosa pine bark for the vanilla. Oh, that sounds lovely. Ponderosa what? The cookies are ready. Kitty, thank you so much for having me on this show today. How about you try the first cookie? Uh, 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 okay. That that show for today. See you next time for another present episode of Old Fashioned Cookie Show. These are amazing. Kizzy, did you like a second? Oh man, no, Harry. I, I do not want another one. <coughs> As we say in the French Quarter, je ne veux pas offre. Look, that's all for today, Lester's. Au revoir. All right. Greetings from KJVR Jollyville Radio. This is Community Beat, where we turn a spotlight on real people doing great work in the real world. I'm Pilar Kep, subbing this week for Uncle Asar, and we've got Anna Campos from Portugal, and she's going to talk to us about post-crossings. Hi. Hey, Anna, how's it going? Hi, hi. <laughs> so tell us about post-crossing. Um, so postcrossing is a is an online platform where people come together to send postcards to each other. Uh, basically, it's like a big worldwide community of people who are really enthusiastic about postcards and about filling each other's mailboxes with postcards. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, I've never I wasn't a postcard person until recently, um, and it is a lot of fun to get uh, mail in your in your mailbox. I think we all like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's a kind of a pastime that is really, really fun. Um, what, what do you think inspired the creation of this organization? Um, so basically, Paolo started it uh, almost 16 years ago. 
Um, he really liked postcards. He was always bugging all his friends to send him postcards. But, you know, after the first one, nobody really does. And so we thought maybe there are other people out there who like sending and receiving postcards. And maybe if I kind of connected with those people, we could like send postcards to each other and fill up each other's mailboxes and have fun. And uh, so we did this little website uh, and then he bugged all his friends and then the friends told their friends. And then suddenly there was like an avalanche of people who were like, oh, oh, I want to join. I want to send postcards. I want to receive postcards. So it's just, it was born out of this joy of of getting mail, of getting surprises in the mailbox, I think. (laughs) So post-crossing works by you get, um, you're given an address to somebody almost kind of at random internationally. Um, and then you're, you can send that postcard. Um, what happens after that? So on the, when we give you the address of this random person, we also give you a little code that you write on the postcard, like a couple letters and a lot of numbers. And so you mail that postcard. And when the person receives it, they go to the website and they say, I got the postcard that has this little code on it, A, B, one, two, three, so on. And so we know that you sent this postcard, that it was received. And so the next time someone comes to the website and says, I want to send a postcard, we'll give that person your address. So they will send you a postcard. One day you get your mailbox and ta-da, there's the postcard <laughs> just for you. <laughs> and you don't know, you never know where it's going to come from, when it's going to come from. It's just, you're going to be opening your mailbox every day, waiting for the surprise that you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's so cool. Um, mm-hmm. In this day where we're very digital and it's it's easy to see each other that way, people who want to do postcards or mail, that's a little bit more silent. So it is a lot of fun, particularly when you get international mail. Mm-hmm. It's um, unexpected, it's right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any like stories of, or anything remarkable about any sort of corresponders or um, like mm. things that have come in the mail that are international or? Yeah. Um, we have a lot of, um, so it, it's been 16 years, right? 16 years of sending postcards. And of course, we see a lot of things that we were not expecting. Like, for instance, we did not make the website thinking about schools. But then a lot of teachers just signed up their classes and the kids started sending postcards. And it's just such a joy to to get a postcard from a child that is written in their very round handwriting, very <laughs> carefully written on the postcard. And then also to see the kids um, receiving postcards from strangers all over the world, telling them about their life in Egypt or in Peru. And for them, it also makes them more real to learn about these stories from people somewhere else. No, I, I think the, this kind of stories really makes us happy that we see post-crossing reaching into fields, into people that, I don't know, we weren't expecting them to, to join the website and suddenly, hello. <laughs> That's so, so cool. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you you say that there's a postcard day that you guys set up? Yeah, so uh, Postcard celebrated their 150th anniversary two years ago on October 1st. And we looked around and nobody was really celebrating it. So we thought, oh, this is terrible. We must do something. <laughs> and we set up this uh, an event uh, in 2019 uh, to celebrate postcards. And actually, a lot of people joined. Uh, post office issued stamps, postal museums joined in with workshops, libraries, schools. And then when the party was over, we thought, hmm. We have to do this again. We like this too much. <laughs> so last year we decided that um, 
there should be a World Postcard Day, a day to celebrate postcards in the calendar. So why not continue the, on the day of the anniversary of the postcard and make it the World Postcard Day? So last year was a bit special, but I think even maybe more because of that, people really liked the idea of having a way to connect with someone else when we were all socially isolated through a postcard. So lots of people joined, again, with schools, libraries, uh, with museums. Uh, a lot of them did like online tours of their postcards or we had schools in two countries um, where in the classroom, the teacher helped the kids send their first postcard. Some of them were sponsored by the post offices, the stamps, the postcards. It was really nice. And so this year we're doing it again, of course. <laughs> October 1st is World Postcard Day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm definitely going to be sending out some postcards then. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love just doing like just sending out postcards in general i recently sent one out to um to a restaurant in japan that i went to um and i i hope it makes it <laughs> i think i did my best trying to to write it in in Jap like the address in japanese but we'll see if it makes it but um yeah do you have like what was the most surprising postcard you you've ever received um i think the one that i remember best maybe uh was the first one the first postcard of post crossing was actually given to me by paulo to hand in hand like he came to my house he gave me the postcard and said okay this will be the first first one of the website let's go register on the website and see if it works and so we went and we were super excited it worked and then i sent one to him and then we invited friends and it came from there but uh, at the time we had no idea that this very humble first postcard would kind of make this whole revolution and today we're like over 62 million postcards so it really started something big and unexpected and I think that's why it's meaningful to me that's so cool I think I was checking out the website and I think somebody is like up in the thousands with postcards we have some very enthusiastic members <laughs> way more than uh, we me and Paolo anticipated because we thought that it will be fun to send some postcards but then people get really enthusiastic into it and so uh, if they have a lot of time, I guess they, they just send more postcards. They really like this idea of sending, of connecting with people, um, and then of receiving postcards back, of course. It's so fun. Um, I live in Texas, and so there's a lot of, um, just a lot of associations with Texas. And so it's always fun to get like a, like a themed card from my state, mm -hmm. and then just to send that out. Um, I, I I remember meeting some foreigners who were like, they thought it was all cowboys and stuff. And it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, but we've also got a hobby of like, just making our own postcards out of like old boxes or like things that are specific to the United States um, and just sending them out. Uh, have you ever received anything like that? Yeah, totally. I love handmade postcards. I love that people take the time to make something that is just for me. No, it's like having a little piece of art on your hands from someone else. Uh, people do that often, actually. And um, it's just the best. Like when you get something that is handmade, ah, it's that much more special, I think. <laughs> Sometimes people include like a little uh, bus ticket or um, I don't know, a little receipt or something that they got on the postcard. And some people really go all out and make the postcard special just for you. And uh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it, it it really does feel like it's, you know, we are a, a certain type of person in a community that really loves to to get that kind of stuff and, and mail and just mm -hmm. talk to anybody out, out in the world.
Mm-hmm. And I think uh, these days, I mean, everything is so digital and quick and immediate. And I think more and more we appreciate that we receive like a, a physical token of someone's time and attention. No, when you get a postcard, you know that the person took the time to write uh, a message that is just for you to to glue a stamp on it, to walk to the post office, to put it there. Like these things are not as easy or cheap or quick as a, a message that you send on your phone, but they mean something. When you get a postcard, you feel like, okay, this is special. I'm going to put this on my fridge or on my office window or something like that. No, you keep these things more than you keep other things that are quick and not so meaningful. Maybe. Whenever you write postcards, are you someone who writes like a quick, hi, I'm, you know, like greetings from Portugal and and then you're done? Or do you like give like a little summary of your day and just send it out? <laughs> I write everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I might write about uh, what my neighbors are up to or what we had for lunch or like uh, the last thing that made us smile or I don't know, it, it depends a little on the mood. I might explain why I chose this postcard. Maybe it shows like a scene from the local market and I think it's really nice. Um, yeah, I like to to feel a little bit like I'm sitting at a cafe with the person that I'm writing to. So there's a little bit of conversation that happens, a little bit of storytelling. And um, I think that's nicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. I will fill it up as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> some people even draw a little bit it's also nice <laughs> that is nice I should do yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to write so much <laughs> all right well um where where can our listeners um learn more about post crossing and how can they sign up so just go to postcrossing.com and it's all there <laughs> oh, nice. just need an address and an email address and that's it Well, Anna, thanks so much uh, for joining us on Community Beat. It was so much fun talking to you and learning about post-crossing. I know I post-cross. You guys sign up. So thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. I'm Pilar Kep, and this was Community Beat. Remember when you were a kid and you got mail and it was super exciting, but now you're an adult and all you get is bills and ads? Well, I encourage you to go out and buy some cards, write them out to people you know, and put something happy in their mailbox. It's as, just as exciting as it was as a kid as it is an adult. Have fun sending mail. Bye. These episodes of Jollyville Radio were created by Uncle Asara Kebulon, Emily Antonick, Michael Crosa, Michelle Darcy, Jamie Davis, Richard Dayries, Brian Green, Pilar Kep, Zach Cronish, Robert Leary, Thomas Schlitt, J.B. Skirlock, K.Y.'s Denty, and Elijah York. Special thanks to Bob Don of Bob Short Story Hour and Hidden Oaks Podcast, and Antonio Delgado of the band O Antonio and his imaginary friends. Direction and music by Michael the Maestro Crosa with editing help by Richard Davies and Jamie Davis. Social media coordination by Emily Ansonek. Jollyville Radio was produced in accordance with social distancing. Jollyville Radio is a product of Jollyville Brass Quintet, member of Austin Creative Alliance, and the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. We are based in Austin, Texas. If you're enjoying Jollyville Radio, consider supporting us with a monthly pledge. You can get fun prizes depending on your donation level. 
Just go to patreon.com backslash Jollyville Radio. You can also support Jollyville by buying a sticker from our website, leaving a review or comment on your podcast platform of choice, or by sharing Jollyville Radio with a friend. The credits were read by the writers of episodes 222 through 225. They are Uncle Asar Akabalon, Emily Ansonek, Michael Krosa, Brian Green, Clark Kep, and KY's Denti. We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.